You are listening to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Eve Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody, where we bring it to you raw, unfiltered, with no chaser. And we are back. This is the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. And of course, I am here with my trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a couple of topics that we're going to bring on to the show today, and I'm going to do something I haven't done on the show. I'm going to turn it over to a video, a long video, but I'll, let me build up on the video because today what we're going to talk about is what happened yesterday. Joe Biden, inaugurated president, that's not what we're going to talk about. We know that, but he implemented some executive orders. He signed 17 executive orders. We're going to go through those today, and then I'm going to show you uh, how mainstream media and you already know this, is dead. It's just dead. It's, it's worthless. I've been saying this for a long, long time, that main, the mainstream media is completely useless. And I'm going to show you what citizen journalists, journalism looks like and what it's telling us. And if we are paying attention, we will know what's going on. And let me tell you, citizen journalism, they actually back it up. They back up their facts. So that's what we're going to talk about on the show today. If we got some time, I've got a couple of other funny stories or one particular funny story that we'll share that will maybe lighten the mood a little bit. But let's get right into it. Joe Biden, uh, well, as you all know, everybody in the world is aware, uh, has been inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States of America yesterday at noontime, January 20th, 2021. Yeah, big whoop. Did you watch any of it? Did you? I, you know, I turned on a little bit of it, Woody. Uh, Woody, I think you were here. And I, I was, uh, the question I had is, why was Joe Biden yelling at my television screen? Did you watch the speech? One, I wonder how large the monitor was that was in front of Biden that he had to read. Because it's not about teleprompters, by the way. That's a, that's a mistake if you think Biden's reading from a teleprompter. No, he's reading from a monitor. You ever watch how he looks? He squint, leans in and he looks at the, the this television screen. I wonder how large of a screen that they had for him. Anyway, I, I you know Chris Wallace came out and said it was the best speech he's ever heard. Nonsense. Nonsense. It was nothing but platitudes and rhetoric. It's just He called you, me, uh, very much white supremacists. We're the ones on the wrong side of history, apparently. Now, he didn't say that part in the speech, but that's what he insinuated. So I don't care about it. I don't want to play it. I don't want to hear it. I may sometime down the road mock it some more, maybe do a little playful video with it. But right now, I want to get to what he did right after the ceremony. Now that he's president of the United States, he goes to the Oval Office and he signs these executive orders. Some of these, you might just he sound, they may sound familiar to you because I went over what he's going to do in his first 100 days yesterday on, on that show. Well, here it is. Uh, <clears throat> number one, stop border wall construction. No big surprise. We all knew that was going to come, but stop border wall construction. We have this huge mob of uh, Central South Americans coming up through the, the different countries and are coming to America, but there's no stop border wall construction doesn't incentivize them at all. They're like, woohoo, they're going to stop the border wall construction. So we're not going to try to come into the United States. Wait a minute. No, I think the opposite is true. So, again, no big surprise. And the Muslim travel ban. First of all, there was no Muslim travel ban. There was a ban from certain countries that uh, were pretty nasty countries. But, you know, he, he stopped that. And, again, now all that, that means more cases of possible coronavirus. Anyway, he's got, he opened up the border walls. He's got travel coming back. Don't worry about corona. By the way, if you watch CNN, one, I don't know why you would watch CNN, but if you did watch CNN right now, I mean, right now, as I'm recording this, and I'm recording it kind of in the morning, uh, CNN has taken down the, um, the number of deaths and number of infections in America. You know, you know, if you watch CNN at any point in time, on the side of their screen, on the right side of the screen, they had this big bar, and it had number of infections, and it would click up as each infection was reported, and numbers of deaths, and that would click up as the deaths were reported in gone. Isn't it amazing? It's gone. We're done. We're over with Corona. Oh, but we're not. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. And by the way, it's reported that 8,000 people reportedly died yesterday from COVID. Uh, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, now that's on Biden's watch. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think I, we need to be more attuned to the hypocrisy of our media, our mainstream media. Again, why do, why do I report on this 
a, a journalist, if you can call him that, from CNN, what he did, what he tweeted out. All right, so number three, rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement. I tweeted out an article that said, yeah, not so fast. It may be illegal to do that. I don't have those particulars, but uh, rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement means it doesn't mean we're going to lower our emissions, ladies and gentlemen. We've actually already lowered our emissions to what the Paris Accord called for. Now, what it means is we're going to give them money to help other countries that can't afford to give them money. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I know. I think that, think, think that through. We're going to give money to other countries that can't afford to give them money for climate change. Now, wait a minute. I don't know our debt is like in the 20 trillions kind of thing. You know, where do we get the money? When, is it, when do we not have money? But I guess we just keep printing it. But the second, the fourth one, here you go. Here you go. We knew this was coming. Talked about it end the Keystone XL pipeline and revoke oil and gas development at National Wildlife Monuments. Now, this one hurts. Thousands of jobs on day one of the Biden administration within hours, not even maybe an hour of him getting the job, thousands of people are out of work. On day one, the Biden administration has cost American jobs. It's estimated there's also cost $2 trillion, I'm sorry, $2 billion, $2 billion in wages. Day one of the Biden administration, ladies and gentlemen, day one, he's cost jobs. Apparently, Canada's pissed. Trudeau's pretty pissed off, and, but Trudeau, who's a, a soy boy, is so weak in the knees, he doesn't really know what to do, but he apparently is going to, I guess, fire off a very stern letter to Joe Biden. But yep, XL Pipeline revoked the gas and oil development, so it also violates a contract, so I'm sure there's going to be some lawsuits out. This is a lot of money, and this is also our entry into energy dependent. We went from uh, energy dependent under President Trump to energy independent under President Trump. Now energy dependent under joe biden day one day one congratulations give him a golf club that was a golf clap if you couldn't hear it over the audio number five count non-citizens in u.s census again now i don't know you know i gotta dig into that one a little bit the census is already done now are they gonna go back and re-edit the numbers wouldn't put it past them otherwise i gotta wait 10 years and that's a long time away uh in politics that is so they're going to probably go back i say probably wishy-washy word i know they're going to go back and count the non-citizens and put them back into the census now you know why they're going to do this don't you now it's not because they want to count the illegals the non-citizens if you will uh no it's so they can realign districts the, 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 the worth and value of the census is to realign districts districts either add a congressional district or subtract a congressional district as the numbers are with the census right now new york is going to lose one congressional seat california is going to go lose one congressional seat i believe texas is going to gain two i believe florida is going to gain one so if you rewrite that well, then I'm sure uh, California is not going to lose a congressional seat. New York may or may not. They don't have as many illegal immigrants in New York as you do in California. Maybe. I don't know. But this gives them leverage to rewrite these congressional seats to do what again? Oh, add another Democrat because that's how the Democrats play. I don't play fair. You guys know that by now. Number six, rejoin the World Health Organization. Dr. Anthony Fauci will join a board meeting to deliver remarks on global health and the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm just reading what it says here. So yeah, now we're going to give them money again. So because, you know, Trump pulled the money out, which I think was the right thing to do. We shouldn't be paying those um, tyrants anything. But now, so we're going to pay more money to the Paris Accord. We're going to pay more money to WHO. Uh, thousands, I think it's estimated 11,000 people will lose their job from the XL pipeline. $2 billion in wages gone. Muslim travel ban opened up and the borders opened up so more COVID can come in. But that's good because, number six, we've rejoined the World Health Organization. This is peachy, isn't it? Number seven, 100 days masking challenge. Now, this one's interesting. Uh, the media, useless as they are, are reporting to you that it's a mask mandate. It's not. It's a 100-day masking challenge, a nationwide face mask and social distance mandate on federal buildings, lands, and by federal employees and contractors. So he can mandate what happens uh, at federal offices, but he cannot, he being Biden, mandate a face mask. So they're calling it the 100 days masking challenge. Uh, prediction, 
I love doing the predictions with the left because it's so easy because they're so transparent. It's so easy to see what's going to happen. Prediction. After 100 days, COVID, it's off, the, it's off the airwaves. It's already off of CNN's sidebar. 100 days, COVID's not going to be an issue anymore. Everything will be opened up. Oh, people will still be catching it. Don't get me wrong. People will still be dying. Don't get me wrong. Nothing will change in that respect except you won't hear about it anymore. So the alternative media, this is an interesting one to watch. The alternative media, I guess, which I'm a part of, have been reporting on how it's been overblown, a scandemic, pandemic, yada, yada, yada. Now will the alternative media be forced to report what the mainstream media doesn't report, which are the infection rates and the death? Because those numbers will go on. Now, a lot of people predict COVID's here forever. Eh, quite possibly. I mean, look at what the infection rate is. But I predict again, predictions, that, yeah, okay, it'll be here forever, but it's not going to be as deadly as they report it. It's not as deadly as they've been reporting it. But 100 days, ladies and gentlemen, mark my words, it'll be gone. Uh, executive order number eight, extend eviction and foreclosure moratoriums. You know, that's not a bad thing because there are a lot of people hurting. The problem is this. Let's say you have a mortgage and you're on forbearance uh, because of what the government did to you. That's right. The government did to you with the scandemic and you can't pay. So you sign up for forbearance. Well, guess what? When the forbearance is over, you got to pay the whole amount. Now, most people's mortgages, $1,500, $2,000. I say that's average. So forbearance for a year, you're talking about $24,000, $24,000. Some cases more. How do people pay that? Government's not going to give you a check. They're still toggling over the additional um, stimulus check. I'll get into that in a minute. Well, hear me out. Wait for the rest. Wait. Uh, number eight, continue pause on student loan payments until September 30th. So you got number eight and number nine. I'm sorry, that was number nine. Uh, uh, extended evictions and mortgage moratoriums. Continue pause on student loans. Not a bad thing. I mean, uh, I think, I don't know. I know what happens with uh, mortgages if you're on forbearance. And I'm going to assume, and you know what happens when you assume. I don't want to make an ass out of you. I don't mind making an ass out of me. But let's not assume that the same thing will happen with Student loan. So that's still September 30th. So those two things actually are good things, I think. Uh, um, it probably would have happened even if it wasn't a Democrat in office because we're still in this scandemic. I know, I know. I'm, that's the, the left is just going to go, oh, you just want people to die. Well, wait a minute. I thought Biden now, he's the president. 8,000 people died yesterday under Biden's watch. So I'm going to put that on his feet. You guys did it to Trump. You're going to get it to Biden. Uh, number 10, defend dreamers program for undocumented young Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew that was coming. But what does that mean, defend dreamers? Anyway, number 11, change Trump's arrest priorities for immigration and customs enforcement. ICE, oh, changes priorities. In other words, they just watered down ICE. Way to go. So we got all these people coming in on the border. They get a free ride. No border wall anymore. Construction's halted. Stop. Number 12, keep protections for a group of Liberians in the country. Keep protections for a group of Liberians in the country. Okay. I mean, if they're on the right side of history and evil, I'm okay with that. Number 13, restructure federal government coordination to the COVID-19 pandemic. There it is. Move all that money around. Make it look like Trump was doing everything wrong and then continue to do the same damn thing that Trump was doing. But it's restructured. You see, it was over here. Uh, now it's over here. Well, but it's, you're doing the same thing Trump has done. No, 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 no. We just moved the offices from building A to building B. So it's different. It's completely different. It's all bullshit. Sorry, it's all bullshit. Uh, number 14, actions to advance racial equity through the federal government. This one is scary, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, every federal agency to review equity in their programs and actions revoke Trump's harmful 1776 commission. So what Trump put, the 1770, the reason Trump did the 1776 commission is to write the history as it was from the beginning of our nation, which is 1776. Six. There is the 1619 project, I think it's 1619, uh, where they're trying to write America as racist from the very beginning. But America didn't exist then when they're trying to paint America that way. If you know your history, and most people don't apparently, uh, we were not, it wasn't just one colony in America prior to America being America. Uh, in fact, my family came over here in 1640. Uh, and they came and settled in the New Netherlands colony that was, wait for it, ran and controlled by the Netherlands, not the British. The British eventually came in and annexed it, but there were colonies like that throughout America. We were the New World. People were coming here for religious freedom. Remember what I talked about yesterday with the cycles, the life cycle of democracy, religious freedom to great courage. 
to liberty, courage to liberty. So that's where you had going. That's what you had going on in the Americas back then. But no, they want you to believe that America has been racist since the beginning. It's just a lie. And so they're going to get rid of that lie. And they're also going to bring back um, the, what is that racial program? Now I'm completely drawing a blank on it, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. If I don't remember it, uh, I'll bring it up another time. But um, that it was that program where they were teaching whites that you were bad. They were actually te- having meetings telling you if you were white, you're racist. You are, you are just racist no matter what because you're white. Even if you don't think you're racist, you're racist. You can say you're not racist, but because you're white, I'm sorry, you're racist, which, by the way, is the definition of racism because you're now saying because I'm white, I'm racist, which means uh, because of my genetics, I'm a racist. That is at the core the definition of racism. Uh, critical race theory. I knew it would come to me. Critical race theory. That is back. Number 15, strengthen workplace discrimination protections based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Nice, nice wishy-washy words. Who knows where that's going to go? It's going to go all over the place. That I can guarantee. Uh, Number 16, freezing last-minute Trump administration's regulatory actions. I have said time and time again that one of the reasons I supported President Trump, and I think he is such a great president or was a great president, unfortunately was, I had to use that word, past tense, Uh, was because of his deregulation. It spurred business. It helped the economy grow. And all of that is going to go back. Freezing last-minute Trump administration regulatory. I don't know what those are, but I am all about deregulating uh, government and getting government out of business. And so is President Trump. And this administration obviously is not. Number 17, uh, and the last one here, this is day one. Day one. Uh, Formulate executive branch ethics doctrine. Okay, President Biden wants every executive branch appointee to sign an ethics pledge, and the pledge commits federal employees to uphold the independence of the Department of Justice. In other words, he controls it. The, the federal government just basically that's a, more of a power grab. So the things here that you want to be really cautious about, or I don't know if we can say cautious, but the things here that are the most worrisome, um, uh, honestly, the the border wall and the Muslim ban is going to exasperate the problem that we have with COVID-19. It's you're letting more people in. Remember, this is the party that said Trump was wrong, letting people in. And then when he made the ban or, you know, he, he was called xenophobic. He was called racist. Then he was told, it was told he didn't do enough because you know why, you know why he was told he didn't do enough by having a travel ban early on in the pandemic. Uh, He was told he didn't do enough because people were still coming in. And the left, at first, were calling him racist and xenophobic for letting people or for, for the travel van. Then they told, then they said, well, he let people in, so it wasn't really a travel van. You know the people he let in were? You know who they were? You do. I'm sure you do, this, this audience. Americans. They were Americans over broad. They were expats. So he let us back in. Now, do you imagine the outcry if he would have prevented citizens of the United States from traveling back to their homeland? But now the Muslim travel bans off. So from those radical Islamic regimes, they all can come over here now. Woo-hoo. And then, of course, you know, immigrants coming in. Yeah, you know, come on, bring your poor, bring your weak, bring your COVID-19 to America. We accept you with open arms. <coughs> Don't mind the coughing. <coughs> I think I'm feeling a little warm. Anyway, then that, then the Keystone Pipeline. Thousands of jobs on day one wiped out. Wiped out. (sighs) Yeah. And that's day one. So we've got a lot more. This is going to be a fun, fun ride. It's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. Oh, crap. Did I just say shooting? Listen, I'm not trying to incite a riot. I meant that metaphorically. Nobody really shoots fish in a barrel. Although it would make it a lot easier. I think that's the metaphor. I mean, I'm just this is for you on the left. I, I don't mean to actually shoot anyone. That's how you on the left think, and that's what you on the left do. I'm not going to do that. But I will point out your hypocrisy, and here's a big one. So our media <clears throat> in our country are awful, our mainstream media. They're useless. They're worthless. Uh, you know this. 
um, the things that are happening in other countries that are never reported here, uh, things that have happened in Russia, things that have happened in India, uh, things that have happened in Europe, we get a sliver of it. We have to go to um, outside sources if we really want to know what's going on. But And here, here is the epitome of the problem of our mainstream media. You know who John Harwood is? John Harwood, if you saw his picture, you'd probably recognize him. He's all over CNN. He is the White House correspondent for CNN. Okay, he's based in Washington, D.C. John Harwood tweeted this out yesterday, right before he tweeted this out on 10.39 a.m. Eastern Time, I believe, because he's located in Washington, D.C., on January 20th, 2021. So right before the inauguration, this is what John Harwood, White House correspondent for CNN, tweeted. His first line was Trump. First word, then an arrow to Biden. Okay, Ooh, that's transitioning from Trump to Biden. That's the implication, right? Pretty clear, pretty clear. Trump to Biden. Okay, we got it, John. We got it. You're right. Biden won. He's inaugurated. He's the president. And it sucks for a lot of people. Going to be sucking for you too, but you're, you're cushioned. You've got your White House correspondent paycheck coming from CNN. You're on TV. You've got the limousine liberal crowd. You get to go to all the cocktail parties. John, you are going to be okay. I want you to know that. The rest of us, John, we're, we're fucked. But you, you're good. So Trump, arrow to Biden, and the rest of his tweet. This is just the epitome of what's wrong with the media in our country. This guy, and I'm going to get to it, he should be fired or reprimanded at the least from CNN. At the least, he should have been reprimanded and did an on-air apology. I don't know if he did. I doubt it, but he sure you know, wasn't fired. He should have been fired for this, in my opinion. He's not a reporter. He's a propagandist. He's an activist. He writes, lies, arrow to truth. Remember, he went Trump to Biden. Now it's lies to truth. Trump to Biden, ignorance to knowledge. Trump to Biden, a morality to decency. Trump to Biden, cruelty to empathy. Trump to Biden, corruption to public service. That's outrageous. Lies to truth. Joe Biden was caught plagiarizing in two presidential campaigns. He was, he's been caught lying his entire career. And amazingly, the press covers for him. He's lied so much in his career. And yet this, this, this Yahoo, John Harwood, White House correspondent at CNN, writes lies to truth as if Trump was a lie, Joe Biden's the truth. And an ignorance to knowledge, Joe Biden's been wrong on every policy issue in the history of his career. He, remember, this is the guy, I mentioned this yesterday, who said no to killing Osama bin Laden. Yeah, ignorance to knowledge. Amorality to decency. This is the guy that swam naked in front of female Secret Service agents. Well, now, wait a minute. That, is that moral? You're naked in front of a female service agent. I mean, honestly, it's pretty creepy that you'd be swimming naked in front of a male Secret Service agent. Why couldn't you put swim trunks on? I like to let it flow, like the hair on your legs. And then, you know, let's not even get into his family, right? I won't attach his crackhead son to this, but a morality to decency. And well, let's talk about the children. Wait a minute. Don Jr., Eric, Ivanka, uh, Tiffany, oh, where are all those scandalous stories of drugs and liquor and strippers and hookers, uh, dildos? All those I just mentioned were stories in Hunter Biden's world. There's also some child uh, porn issues that came out of Hunter Biden's world. Where is that in the Trump family? You know, Donald Trump doesn't even drink a morality to decency. Now, was Trump an, a, um, a straight-up guy? No, he was a... Uh, uh, a sinner just like all of us. I mean, he had his transgressions that we all know about. I mean, but look at Biden. We got some things coming out from him, too. There was a you know sexual harassment case that got swept away by the media. And then cruelty to empathy. I read a story. I should have had this pulled up. I just thought of it now. Of a Biden's speech that he uh, just recently wrote. Or the or Biden's speech writing um, process, and what it, what it uh, the report the article came out was saying that Biden gets pretty pissed off with his speechwriters. He yells at them. He he's very uh, aggressive with them. Um, 
and uh, he is basically not a nice guy. And then in in the article in the report, and I'll see if I can find it. I'll put it in the show notes. Is that Biden was yelling at one of his speechwriters? Well, what'd you put that in for? That in there for? I didn't say that. And the speechwriter goes, uh, "You just said it in the speech the other day." So Citizens Free Press called this out as Biden's cognitive abilities declining. I'm calling it out as he's just an asshole. So you know, but you know. John Harden, you know, he, Harwood, sorry, uh, cruelty to empathy and corruption to public service. Yeah, Joe Biden is one of the most corrupt politicians uh, in, in Washington, D.C. His very first Senate race was uh, mob, uh, uh, mobbed up. I mean, there's mob uh, uh, attachments to his very first run. And if you haven't heard the story, and I've mentioned it on the show before, is uh, Joe Biden was running for U.S. Senator back in 1972, and there's about a, a story that was about to come out that looked bad on him, that it was a bad story, uh, showed him in a bad light, and the mob stepped in. Uh, uh, the guy, Whitey Goals, um, I don't know, the guy who write, wrote the, the book, uh, Paint, I Paint Houses, and then that movie, that Netflix movie was about him as well. And I know a lot of people's question is credibility, but what he alleges is that he went up and stopped all the papers from being um, uh, delivered or printed. He, he was in charge of the Teamsters unions, and magically, when this story was going to come out, uh, every, all the Teamsters went on strike, and the story couldn't come out. And Joe Biden won that election by a uh, margin, by a slim margin. So to say that, and then we've got the whole Chinese thing, the corruption there, the corruption of the UK, John Harwood, that is a White House correspondent at CNN who put that tweet out. Again, it's unconscionable. He should be fired, in my opinion. So let's talk about citizen journalism and why I believe that's where we should watch. The mainstream media, you watch them for what the opposite is. So if you want to know what's going on and opposite or what really is going on, just watch the mainstream media and think the opposite is actually true because that's usually what it is. But let's go back to the Capitol riots on January 6th. On January 6th, we are told that the, the right rioted, that the right were violent. It was a shootout. They said a shootout at the Capitol. There was no shootout at the Capitol. They said, I actually saw a report saying armed shootout at the Capitol. Where was the shootout? Uh, one shot was fired at the Capitol and it went into Ashley Babbitt's neck and she died. That's not a shootout, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that, now, Ashley Babbitt was not doing, she was doing an illegal act. She was participating in an illegal act. They broke a window. She went into the window. The um, Capitol Police officer, who we still don't know his name, shot her and she subsequently died. So we're told this because the left is using this as a catalyst to to, to ban rights, rights, uh, um, right-leaning sites like Parler outright. I mean, Parler has been vilified and banned. They're, off, they're not up running right now. Gab went through this a few years ago and uh, took some action to ensure that their, their site stays up. And um, Twitter has been on a totalitarian tear for the last number of weeks since, the, um, be, that, since the, that June 6th or January 6th riot, as the right or the left likes to call it. And I mean, I, I literally in my Twitter account, and I guess it's only a matter of time for the pandemic, I lose like 150, 200 people a day right now. I mean, literally, because I use an app where I can see how many followers unfollow me. When you go in there, you can see suspended, suspended, suspended. If you see an account that just says unfollow, you click on it, uh, this account no longer exists. Suspended, suspended. Twitter's on a totalitarian tear. We saw it from Jack Darcy himself saying that. But John Harwood is going to give me crap like lies to truth, ignorance to knowledge, immorality to decency, cruelty to empathy, corruption to public service. When citizen journalists are actually telling me what's happened. So, I'm going to play something, and this is what I haven't done on the show. I play, I play clips from time to time. Generally play clips for about, you know, a minute. I don't like to do more than a minute, but sometimes I'll do two-minute clips because, you know, this is my show. I, I like to do my commentary. But I um, came across this the other day, and it's uh, a journalist, a citizen journalist from Japan analyzed the videos, and in um, Doing so, 
she has quite the insight. Now, this comes from the Epoch Times. Uh, it's a show called Crossroads with Joshua Phillips. So I want to give full credit to Joshua and Epoch Times, but it is a long clip. And I, want, and I was thinking I would, I would cut it up for you, but I think it's important to hear the whole thing from start to finish. Now, as you're listening to this, you'll hear her describe what the videos are, sh are showing. And if you're watching this on the video platforms that I use, you'll see the video and you'll see the evidence. You will see and hear rock solid evidence that yes, Yes, there were some provocateurs in there, and they were tied to Antifa, and they were also exhibiting Antifa behaviors. So, uh, again, I apologize for how long this is, but I think it's important to, because when I watched this, the ending, the ending was the most important part of this clip, what she says at the end of the clip. So, bear with me. It's a long clip. We'll come out the backside. We'll wrap up the show with a couple of um, other commentaries. Uh, but I think this is important so you understand how much information is being withheld from us. Our useless media in America should be doing this work. This is not difficult. This is easy work. But our media is so freaking lazy and so freaking partisan. All they are is active journal activists now. They're not, they're not journalists. They are not journalists. They are the scum of the earth, in my opinion. I am so done with the mainstream media. have been for a while because I do believe they are useless. So check this out. Uh, stick with it till the end because the ending of this is the most important part of this clip. Welcome back, everyone. We're here in Washington, D.C., continuing our coverage of what happened on January 6th. And we're sitting down with Masako Ganaha, who has been analyzing some of the video footage of what happened. Now, Masako is a Japanese independent journalist. She runs a YouTube channel, and she has some very interesting analysis, specifically on the shooting of Ashley Babbitt in the Capitol building and some Antifa involvement around that. Masako, it's real great having you on Crossroads. Yeah, thank you very much. It's really nice to meet you. Thank you. And so you show, we, of course, before this, we were going over some of the footage and you were showing me these videos, some of the different videos out there where Ashley Babbitt is shot. Mm -hmm. And you had some very interesting analysis. Uh, tell us what you observed in these different video footages. Okay, basically, I saw uh, two long uh, video that was taken inside the Capitol building. And I, I, since I had two video, um, on, online, so I could have two angles to look at. So I could see who was doing what. And I was seeing one video that was about 44 minutes long. And this video had a title named uh, J Jackson X, Jason X, I'm sorry. And he was identified as one of the Antifa by uh, Andy Nome. And he took the video from beside of the lady who got shot. And he was taking this video and I think that everybody who watched those video only see what happened to that lady, right? But I was watching the people around her. And I just, I saw two men who was leading the crowd. And one man got in front of the people facing uh, one of the, I think, police or guard. And he was saying, hey, everybody, he was saying. And it looked like he was trying to calm everybody down. But what he was doing was, I think he was trying to everybody get upset so that people would attack. That's what I thought. And he got, he didn't have anything at first. In his hands. In his hands. But he had his buddy right next to him. With He has a yellow flag uh, around his body. He gave this man uh, a black helmet. And when he got the helmet, he took his hat off. The hat was really thick winter hat. So I think he used it as a cushion to, to hit the glass with the helmet. So he started to crush the window. And then uh, one man right next to him, he had a, 
stick, and he was also hitting the glass. But I did not know that if he was part of them or not. But those two are uh, actually clearly communicating when they are doing this action. And then he broke the window, and then the lady climbed up the window, and she got shot. And the camera goes to the women, right? But though I was looking those two guys. One with the yellow flag went to the crowd. And the other one who actually hit the window went to downstairs where the police were. And I saw him. He, was, he did not escape. He was down there and he had his backpack. And it was gray and with black on the back. So I could see that was his back with the color. And I saw him that he was opening the backpack and he was putting his hat, I think, or shirt inside the backpack. And he changed his appearance so that I think he could manage to stay there without getting caught or without people noticing that was him. And so how does when I saw this, he's not Trump supporter because he was leading the crowd and communicating with those uh, other guy and he was changing, changing his appearance. How would Trump supporter do that? He was trying to um, agitate people to go inside the building further so that they have the confrontation between Trump supporter and then police. And then, funny thing is that I had one more camera who, was, who got the picture of the person who took that previous video. Uh, am I explaining yes, correct? Yes. So I could see who took that previous video. And I saw his face. And from that video, Andy no Andy identified. The person who took the video was one of the members of Antifa. And he was taking the picture, the video, and I think he was there to report, report uh, as if um, Trump supporter attacked and police shot the woman who was unarmed. And he was saying that she was, she is dead. How can you tell? She just got shot and she got, medic was there. So people are trying to help her. And the police are saying, we can save her. Yes. yes. So how can he say that she is dead? And I, and I thought, he is trying to make Trump supporter upset. Because Antifa or people like, uh, around them like to say defund the police, right? But Trump supporters say, back the blue. So they have a different opinion. But from this occasion, they can make tra transporter upset with police. So he was saying, um, she is dead, she is dead. And then he started to walk um, around and telling people, she's dead, she's dead. So then people get upset with cops. And so Trump supporters started to yell at police. And then so from that video, um, I could see that there are two players uh, dressed, dressed like Trump supporters. And then you have this Antifa guy trying to report as he was one of the witness, telling that uh, he's, he saw what he saw. But eventually he, got, he appeared on CNN saying that he was a witness and he saw the women unarmed. But CNN didn't say about him or why he was there. And so it's, it's a very strange incident right now. And then one of the other individuals who I would say is very suspicious at this point, actually I met in the parking lot afterwards. I was, I was in the parking lot of the Capitol building during this whole thing, just talking to people, came out and was shouting, walking down the street, they shot her, they shot her, and was really agitating as he walked. And this individual 
seemed, seemed suspicious. I published a video of him talking about the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. Yeah. You could see it in them. They were agitating us. So they they were hitting us. They shot a woman from another side of the glass. We hadn't even reached that area yet. To you, what does this whole incident show you? Because you're, you've put this picture together now. Mm -hmm. Actually, this is not new to me. But in Japan, uh, we do not, we cannot own guns. So it looks different, but we have leftist activists, especially where I live in Okinawa. So I've seen those activists doing uh, strange things and try to make police upset and get involved these local people. And they make like divide and conquer. That's international tactics. So I've seen this in Okinawa and I've seen this in Washington DC or United States. Yeah, so I was very shocked to saw the video, but um, I, I thought I have to tell Japanese people. Yeah. So in terms of Marxist tactics, you mentioned this dividing tactic and also the agitating tactic. Um, we've of course talked about you know, how they, how they do these operations and how Antifa does them. Going back to Marxist tactics, though, the dividing tactics, they would call dialectical materialism, identify, contradict, eliminate the middle, to divide people, to split people, and then using what they call agitation propaganda to get people agitated, angry, and turning against each other. How, how, did you, how do you see these tactics being played out? You said you noticed the same tactics used in Japan by these radical groups as being used by these groups you saw in Washington. Oh, how? Okay, so what I, uh, what I saw on the video in, inside the Capitol building, uh, so there are, I don't say that everybody got, who got inside of the building is Antifa or not. Like, it's not black and white. But I, but I clearly saw that ones who was leading the crowd or agitating the crowd were not Trump supporters. And they, I think they had a plan <laughs> and they played well. And then uh, I don't think too, not many people would analyze those video or they cannot reach to the actual video because uh, social media would ban the video. So I was lucky to go got those videos. And um, what I was gonna say, so, and then the actual Mm, AP happens at site and then the AP being the tactic of agitation yes and then one of the one of the people who agitated will become the witness and appears on mainstream media and then mainstream media tells without analyzing they just tell what they what they say so the world do not know the truth. Hmm. Yeah. Sako, if you're to leave people just one thing in terms of what you witnessed and why you think it's important, what would you tell them? Oh, well, because the uh, world is watching. And we, we just, we should know what the truth is. And we would, we, then we can uh, move on to what to think or what to decide, what to talk, what to do next. We, we just need the truth. That's what I think, yeah. Hey, Masako, it's a real pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, that once again, that was um, Joshua Phillips from the Epoch Times interviewing uh, Masako Kahanaha, I think, if I got that right. Uh, and, you know, at the end, she's absolutely right. She's just, it's just about the truth. What we want is the truth, but we don't get it from the mainstream media. And well, some of the things that she talked about in that piece were, and, and what you saw in the videos, if you watched in the videos, if you didn't watch it in the video, she was showing, they were showing the videos, what was happening up, uh, up to and right after that moment, actually Babbitt was shot. And the individual, his name is John Sullivan, who is part of Antifa. He's been, he's since been arrested, but he's also been released. And they show him there. He gets, he goes on CNN and they also show another person that goes down in the stairs and he changes his clothes, which is a common Antifa tactic. And yet, our mainstream media, this is what they do. 
I mean, it's, it's unconscionable what is going on in our country from our media. It's simply unconscionable how our mainstream media lies and propagandizes us and is, are basically all just activists for the left. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, uh, it, it, it pisses me off. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick and tired of the mainstream media doing this and people suck it up. I mean, they buy what the mainstream media sells every single time. I mean, every time. And if you don't think it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse. Here's what should happen if this was a just world when it came to uh, our national media. One is the John Harwood guy. He should have been fired. He should have been fired for that tweet. Also, Anderson Cooper should have been fired for that interview. This is unacceptable, but yet it's happening because we allow it to happen, because we turn into their programs, they get those advertising dollars, and they continue on. They're all nothing more than propagandists for the left. That's all they are. And it's going to get worse before it gets better because over at Fox News, well, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show another clip and, and then uh, talk about this at Fox News. This clip is from uh, Ben Rhodes. You know who Ben Rhodes was? He was the former uh, communications director for Barack Obama. Listen to what Ben Rhodes has to say regarding what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. I think the other issue of Homeland Security, uh, as John pointed out, Yes, there's a security issue. How do you identify armed militias who are intent on doing harm? But there's a broader societal issue that it's going to take many years to detox the disinformation, the lies, the hate that has been spread. A whole segment of the American population has been radicalized by what has happened over the last four years and by the fact that Donald Trump is no longer there. They can no longer see Donald Trump kind of representing their grievances in the highest office. And so those grievances are going to go back underground. Uh, and I think there's a lot of work to be done uh, to, to deal with the broader societal issues that go beyond what even national security, homeland security professionals could do. So again, he wants to get homeland security, the, Par the Department of Homeland Security, to get in to deal with us. Us. Based on what? Four years of rhetoric from Donald Trump. Now we're going underground. And you look at what the mainstream media does, what the, how they report, and you see people like Ben Rhodes. Well, they're dangerous, in my opinion. He's dangerous. Now here's what's even more more uh, amazing and unbelievable. His brother, is, he, where does his brother, his brother's name is David Rhodes. You know where David Rhodes works? David Rhodes works at Fox News. And there's rumor that the president of Fox News, I forget her name, is going to be ousted and this guy, David Rhodes, will be placed in as the president of Fox News. So Fox News is done as far as being an avenue, a platform for anyone who is a conservative. And that is not a bad thing, that being a conservative is actually a good thing. But the left paints you as evil and as vile. Remember, I am one of Satan's soldiers, I've been told. Uh, someone on my uh, YouTube account said, Donald Trump is Satan, and it's good to see one of Satan's soldiers fall, and he referenced me. I don't know what he meant by the fall part, but, it was good. but I, because I am Satan's soldiers, I should be punished. We should be reprogrammed. We're deplorables. We're in those baskets. We should be sent to the burners. This is where we're going as a nation when our media is responsible for this. What happened on January 6th was a horrible, horrible thing. But there were provocateurs in there egging people on, and it was used, it was intended to happen to use it as it's being used right now. On Jan January 17th, there was, a there was a flyer flying around saying on January 17th, there's going to be armed protests at every nation's capital in the country. Come all patriots, come all conservatives. It didn't happen. Uh, Andrew Cuomo up in New York, remember I talked about this the other day, put three layers of security. The only people who show up were the press. Those were the provocateurs that were setting that up, trying to get another moment like they got on January 6th, but they didn't get it. On January 20th, Inauguration Day, there were 25,000-plus National Guardsmen in Washington, D.C. to guard the inauguration, and nothing happened because they, they, they 
they knew nothing was going to happen, but they got to make it look like you are the evil ones. You are the ones that are going to cause the violence, the right, you, us, me, we on the right. We're the violent ones, but we're not. And almost every MAGA rally and almost every protest with conservatives, they pick up their trash. They pick up their own trash. Almost every rally, every event with the left, they leave trash right there tells you everything you need to know. The left are, are vicious, vile, full of vitriol, and are out to hurt you. They're going to paint you in a light that is so bad that people are going to go, whoa, those Trump supporters, they're dangerous. Don't take the bait. Don't let them egg you on. Do not take the bait. What happened on January 6th is they, the, the crowd was infiltrated with Antifa types or outright Antifa people that were giving people bait to egg them into the Capitol and did what happened. If you watch that video from Joshua Phillips, you'll see that the Antifa type people were the ones breaking the window. But our mainstream media, our activist media won't report that. All right, one last story. Uh, this one's kind of, I've been sitting on it for a few days because I think it's, it's kind of funny and I just hadn't had the time to get to it. So I'll get to it and we'll wrap up the show. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Here's the headline. It tells you all you need to know. California man sues Twitter AOC over pain and suffering caused by Trump ban. The notoriously, the notoriously litigious, lit, I always have problems with this word, litigious, self-described California sex addict best known for suing Twitch over masturbation injuries uh, allegedly caused by the video streaming platform scantily clad gamers as a new target this time filing a lawsuit against twitter representative alex uh, aoc whatever full name is who cares rep ilhan omar over the overbearing pain and suffering caused by the social media giant's ban of President Trump. <laughs> in an 11-page document uh, filed Tuesday, in his last Tuesday, in the Northern District of Columbia, Eric Estavillo argues that he is entitled to $88.7 million in compensation, uh, the reinstatement of Trump's account and a retaliatory ban of both AOC and Omar who he says used the platform to promote Eastern communist philosophies. Absolutely hilarious. I'm sorry. You just got to laugh at something like that. Uh, it's kind of funny that it's uh, happening. It's kind of funny that it's true. Kind of sad that it's true that it, somebody's out there doing this, but you know why he's doing it. But anyway, uh, just absolutely hilarious. Now, what the uh, unintended consequences of Trump being banned on social media is the left will start eating their own and they're already doing that. You saw Antifa, by the way, attack Seattle. There's this big protest and riots in Seattle yesterday, inauguration day. Now, why is that? Why? Why is Antifa? They got what they want. They got, they got the left in. Biden's in. No. See, they didn't get what they want. Antifa doesn't, they don't have a seat at the table. BLM has a seat at the table in the Biden administration. Antifa doesn't, and they're angry. Watch for more of this. Thanks for listening to this segment of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Woody, thanks you. I thank you. Please do visit our website, uh, thepblpodcast.com. All our social media links are there. Very active on Twitter while I'm still on Twitter. And also you can find us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Parlor. well, when it comes back, um, Gab uh, and Rumble We uh, on our YouTube channel. Please do subscribe. It's how we can fight big tech. You can fight them in their own with their own algorithm because every time you subscribe to a conservative site, it moves them up the ranking. It can't stop. The algorithms can't do anything about that. That's how their algorithms are written. So even if you don't watch, please do subscribe. We're almost at a threshold where YouTube has to, well, you know, quite honestly, start paying us some money. So we need your help in that. And we're very, very close to that threshold. We need just about a handful more subscribers and a handful more hours watched. And then YouTube's going to be going, damn, they'll probably ban me. But hey, at least I'll hit that threshold. Pretty proud of that. And also do subscribe to us on Rumble. And that's the PBL podcast uh, on YouTube or Politics and Brown Liquor. But all my links are on the website, thepblpodcast.com. Hey, thanks for listening and have a great, great start of a new administration because it's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. Take it how you want it, leftist, but it doesn't mean what you think.